I think Roland O'Gara could be managing the Cork Hurlers, the Irish soccer team. He could be managing anything. He's got the X factor. To win two Champions Cups with a club that doesn't really have that much of a history in the game. OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Hurling on Off The Ball. With Board Gosh Energy. Proud sponsors of the Senior Hurling Championship. You're welcome, Max. So, hell of a day yesterday on the hurling front. Headline news is that Cork won't see hurling again in June. They have a long, grim wait now until the Allianz League 2024. Uh, Limerick, meanwhile, I don't know if we're calling it a slump by their standards, but a, a bit of a dip by their standards, and they suddenly find themselves in a Munster final against Clare. Tipperary scratching their heads a touch, but they are through to a preliminary quarter final against Offaly. Has Davy done enough to convince Waterford that he's on to a good thing is a question. And not to mention Wexford beating Kilkenny to avoid relegation to the Joe McDonough. Dublin drew with Galway at Crow Park. So it's a Galway-Kilkenny-Leinster final. Uh, Tommy Welch is with us. Good evening. How are you doing? Yeah, good evening, Joe. Limerick 3.25, Cork 1.30. I saw Nicky English writing today. He said it was as good a hurling match as I've ever seen. Uh, Cork find themselves out. It's hard to be critical of their efforts. The margins here are just razor thin. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's a fair comment, Joe. Um, when when you talk about one of the best games he's seen or best games he's seen in a while, he didn't have too far to go because the Joe McDonough Cup final the day before was incredible. Um, and that's not just trying to give them false plaudits or false... Uh, you know, like there, it was... We were watching it at home, Joe, the, the McDonald Cup final first, right? And um, we, we had an engagement on later on that evening inside in town, the eight of us. And we were heading in in a, a taxi into town. And we were getting out in Kilkenny City. And we were about 30 seconds away from the, the place we were going. And um, we had to stall the taxi for 10, 15 minutes just to hear the rest of the McDonald Cup final. So it was on KCLR. Brendan Hennessy gave a, an amazing commentary on it. And... Like that has to, you know, like for us to do that in a taxi inside in Kenny City, like just goes to show the game that we were after watching first of all at home, and then just to to, to hear it out and amazing scenes. Watch it again then when I came home and just amazing scenes. So when Nicky talks about a great game, there was great games all weekend and started on Saturday. But to go back to that Limerick Cork game. Yeah, it was brilliant because everyone was wondering, is this the end of the road for the five-in-a-row Munster champions? Uh, was their dream over? Uh, Four-in-a-row in the All-Ireland could be going out of the championship. And suddenly then, when the game is on the line, their big stars, Gerard Hegarty, was immense. Um, he's had a tough time over the last couple of weeks. You know, criticisms and false rumours, if you like. And I thought he was unbelievable. Without being in the flow, just winning balls, winning frees, laying off scores, catching balls at vital, vital times. Uh, Dermot Burns was incredible and Aaron Galan, like, you know, he's a Rolls Royce forward in the form of his absolute life. You can give it to him with the modern way into the corners, Joe, or you can give it in high into the edge of the square. You know, back to the Nicky Rackers, Christy Heffernan type stuff, just launch it in and let the forward win his own ball. So, amazing. And Seamus Flanagan, of course. Flanagan was absolutely incredible and has been all season for Limerick. So, they're going through a tough time, but... Um, you'd have to say, are they now over that slump? And as you could see that it was like the weight of expectation, the weight of pressure lifted off all their shoulders, including their manager, John Kiley, afterwards. So I'd say the rest of the country beware. Yeah, Dennis Walsh, he was obviously at the game and he just noted that after... 
the match that the Limerick players, they ate at the stadium. And then about two hours after the final whistle, he was writing about a dozen of them set up in a circle of chairs at the side of the pitch and they cranked up some music, he writes, on a speaker at the bottom of the Mackey stand. Within an hour, the congregation had swollen to nearly 30, sitting in the warm evening sunshine, chatting and laughing and messing, luxuriating in the familiar comfort of each other's company, like a crowd of Boy Scouts around a campfire, giddy from the goodness of the day. Now, that sounds like a pretty happy camp who maybe are starting to feel a little bit good about themselves again. Yeah, and uh, that th- that sounds amazing. I didn't read that piece, but that sounds amazing. And you know, they say you should celebrate all wins, and this crew have never been afraid of celebrating their wins. And um, John Kiley is very much open uh, about that, whether it's going down to the ice cream vans before training or whether it's afterwards. And that sounds uh, amazing to sit around in the glow, especially with the sun and the heat inside the Gaelic grounds. And um, all your, you know, all your, I suppose, expectations before was just to stay in the championship. Suddenly, they couldn't even believe it, I'd say, when the whistle went and people, the words are filtering through that Tipperary have been beaten by Watford and they were in a Munster final. So I think absolutely. And to have the experience of not getting carried away with themselves either, Joe. If that was a team having never won anything before, you'd say maybe they should settle down a bit, you know, and relax and start thinking about the next day. But no, this crowd have been around. They know how to win as champions and... um I'd say they're just heading into kind of a, a glorious two weeks now in preparation because all the pressure will be on this clear team coming up to the Munster final. Um, like they, they came, you know, in 2013, they came, they were the young boy wonders and it looked like they were going to dominate the hurling world and the hurling landscape for years to come after winning so many under-21s in a row and then winning the All-Ireland when they were all so young. But then failed, I'd say, to get team in Crow Park for, for, for many years and haven't won a Munster Championship. And they grew up with the stories and the tales of the 95 and the 97 team winning Munster Championships. So a Munster Championship is very much, I'd say, not so much on a par with a, a Lee McCarthy, but it's not far off it. You hear Shawnee McMahon, Gerlach Nan, Dalo speaking about the times they won Munster Championships. So I think all the pressure will be on Clare, and it's nice for, for Limerick to come in like that. And a last word on Cork, what was striking is that uh, they've been for many years accused of lacking a certain steel. Um, they came back against Clare and Ennis. They came back against Tipperary. They came back yesterday from seven points down. There wasn't a sense of rolling over or throwing in the towel when things got a bit sticky. Now, probably not good enough to get over the line, obviously, in those games as the other side of the story. But still... Uh, like Ryan O'Dwyer was on the show yesterday and he was fairly certain that Cork he said he thinks he'll win in All-Ireland in the next couple of years the talent is there and that they're on to a good thing the downside is they have to wait of course until uh, what goes to nine months at this stage and that's a long wait yeah and um, it, it, it's like all year that they have turned the corner and um, the, I suppose the, the commentary around them was let's not judge them on the first game or the second game let's see how to go over a couple of games yeah. and I think they have proven that uh, to their supporters and more I suppose than most they, they've proven it to themselves that they can, can withstand the pressure when things are going against them and stay in the game and where are, they, they, sh- where are they short Tom if they are short of something well sure like they got Bippy the All-Ireland champions chasing the four in a row by one point they got Bippy clear who'll be everybody's next probably favourite team, if you like, playing in the form of their life and players in the probably peak years of their life, you know, between 25 and probably 30. And they only lost me a point there. They drew the Tipperary and they beat Watford. So possibly maybe 
just a bit of luck maybe or you know they're a young team they're coming it just doesn't Rome isn't built in a day mm. so um, like the, the 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 talk surrounding this team from outsiders even like they, they were very easily criticised over all the years and, and often probably they deserved it but they're now you know receiving absolute praise from people about their character as opposed to their skill they always had the skill but I suppose why you have to have the players, Joe. And I think Tim O'Matney going into that far lane, Harnett is already there. I think Decky Dalton is a huge, a huge addition um, to that team. As regards just his physical size and his commitment and his desire to win the ball that you shouldn't be winning. That mm. was always that. When, when it was flying, Cork would be, score 20, 30 points. But yesterday the game wasn't flying and they still scored 30 points. So they have character, that team. And I think it comes from confidence as well in winning championships. Most of that team have won under 20s and under 21 All-Irelands. And you get confidence from being champions. And um, I think that's why the people and Pat Ryan was there when when, 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 when they won them under 20 and under 21 All-Irelands. So that's why people have confidence in him mm. and his team. So. A quick one. Um, you mentioned Galan Rolls-Royce and he's good at everything. He's crafty. Uh, <laughs> it's a euphemism. And uh, he's obviously just a phenomenal forward who can do everything. If you were set, setting out to mark him in a game and thinking about him, how would you go about trying to stop him? Well, I definitely wouldn't be standing in front of him for a high ball, or that way. <laughs> yeah. So, ah, listen, you, you couldn't stand in front of him because he, he'd, you know, when that ball's coming in, you, you're not going to get near because whatever, whether you've your hurler or hand in, in the way, it'll be gone out of it and he'll have that ball caught. He's so strong, he's so physically strong. I think, first of all, you have to match him physically. And that's where Clare will be under a bit of pressure in the Munster final. And that Conor Cleary seems to be injured, whether yeah. he'll make a back or not. He was able to give him a great battles over the last couple of games because, um, and you need help. Um, like great, def- great defences uh, defend in numbers, they don't defend on their own. And um, if you're to mark a land, you're going to need plenty of help from your, from your half back line and probably your centre back who's trying to cover back with you. But how would you go about marking him? You'd want to get the ball before he does anyway. Um, <laughs> George Elat, he was a great coach of ours. He, he, he said, you know, he won't be good if he doesn't have the ball. And the great players, you just can't because they make a fool yeah. And um, Galan is just in that form at the moment. But high, low, to the, it, it, the runs are, are brilliant as well. And a lot goes back to the management as well and the way Canerk and, and Kylie have trained these guys. So I know I referenced them before, but... He didn't touch a ball for 36 minutes and I think could have been the league semi-final. And John Kiley was after was asked about it afterwards. And he straight away said the opportunity wasn't there to give him in the ball. Which in my head means that if it's not man-on-man in there, Galan is not going to get the ball. That they'll mess around with Morrissey to, to you know, O'Donovan to Will O'Donoghue. And then maybe Burns will pop the ball over the bar. So he is definitely, you know, getting absolutely wonderful supply of ball from his... Uh, backs uh, and midfield when it does come in. Waterford are a curious case. So they beat Tipperary 124 to 21 points. There is a sense Tipperary were a touch flat after their exploits uh, in the previous round. Davy Fitzgerald spoke after the game. So I want to give you a sense of what Davy was saying. I'll play it to the, the listeners as well, obviously. And then what you'll hear afterwards is James Skell and your former teammate Paul Murphy on the hurling pod. And they're giving their reaction to Will about what Davy has to say. So have a listen. 
you get cut the way we got cut after too bad we played well against Limerick should have won it first half against Cork we were poor second half we matched them and had three goal chances didn't take them against Clare we were matching them and had 12 wides there for at half time we did we had a poor second half it affected us like out of the, the whole championship right we two halves that were poor and we got punished badly sucked from but to listen to some of the crap like to listen to the last few weeks is actually disgusting and a nine so it is to tell you the truth I'm proud for the boys because the guys have trained so hard they have worked so hard and it's so annoying to see them being treated the way they've been treated and um, I think they showed today what they're about and fair play to them maybe last year they went tennis and, they, and there was nothing to play for but every time I We've put on that war for Jersey. I want them to play with that pride and that passion that they did there, and they're well able to do it. And um, I, I really want to thank the genuine people that backed us through the time. They, they mean the world, and they can see a glimpse of what we can do. And the only chance we have is to get people behind us. And there's enough of hardship in, in life without knocking. We need to stop that and, and get behind each other. And um, I think that's important. It's, it's, it's been a tough month, I can tell you. It's been, we, there's no one being harder than ourselves. But to my team and to my backroom, I love them to bits and they've given me everything. When I heard that interview, and I listened to it a couple of times, right? Because I was trying to see, was there, was there anything actually, was there, a, was there a foundation for what he was saying? Was there something really relevant was it accurate and it wasn't like like he's he's kind of he's playing the poor man's game again he does this every year you know when he gets knocked out of the championship and he's he's kind of trying to deflect from his own inadequacies if you ask me right and I, I'm sure the Waterford boys have put in a huge effort I'm sure the, you know, the, the backroom team are as well but ultimately they didn't help themselves at all at all so with these shenanigans of, of, of systems and setups and personnel and team sections you name it whatever you want to call it right and there is a bit of the blame on the players, absolutely. But like you see people in Watford, you saw the, you saw people who, who played for years for Watford Legends, and they were asking the same questions that we are. Watford, albeit now a, a win today, right, might paint over some of the cracks. But Watford were as bad, if not worse, than they were last year. I just, I, I find it hard to to believe his statements, to 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 actually come on side with what he's trying to say, to try and even to emotionally connect what he's saying as as a man in his position. I just can't get get around it. And I think if you're a water person, whether you be in a professional capacity on the board or delegate, etc., it's time to look on you. Like uh, the one thing I, I just think is deflection tactics, to be honest, at the moment, because like uh, like uh, listen to what he was saying after the game, where like people are unfairly or so he's saying unfairly zoning in him. No manager came out in the last actually I wouldn't say ever and said that I'm a winner I'm here to win and I win things like basically paraphrasing that's what he said at the start of the year. So you can't get upset when people turn around and say why aren't you winning like. You were the one who said it at the start of the year. Um, I don't think anyone was unduly hard on any Waterford players, but like Davey at the moment is saying it's disgusting what people are saying. I haven't seen anything in media that has been unduly, like certainly not disgusting anyway. But like again, it goes back to this thing of saying of deflection tactics, like saying things as if people are attacking the Waterford players or anything. It's not. Um, and it's almost like a thing in, in a way to nearly scare lads from saying something because you're nearly afraid that you'll be tarnished with that with that label that you're going out and you're attacking or you're saying unfair things. Things. It just it's just a pity that there's it appears to be honest coming out in an interview and I just don't feel that honesty coming through. It's it's just deflecting again. Paul Murphy, James Scale on the Hurling Pod, which is well worth a listen. The lads were in fine form yesterday with Will, uh, so you should download that. So Tommy Welch, the boys are not buying what Davy is selling. Where are you? <laughs> uh, it's the first time we heard that um, interview now. Uh, he's emotional, I think there, Joe, in fairness. Um I think Davey has all of his, you know, he speaks with his heart on his sleeve. Um, 
I think he was genuine. I think he's hurt there, sounding by that interview. Like, we know the Watford public and ex-players came out uh, criticising him during the Munster campaign. He sounds hurt. He does. He sounds hurt in fairness. Um, so, I probably... Uh, that's what I think. Just first and, time listening to it there. Yeah. And, and so, whatever about how he's dealing with the media, and that's, you know, he's got a way of doing that. And, and you know, it is familiar down the years the way he, he talks about the abuse he's getting. And, and I'm, I'm sure it's true to some extent or other, but I'm not quite sure it's disgusting, certainly in the media that I've seen. Parking all that, how would you assess the job he's done with a view to does he warrant a second year? Yeah, well, like just on the criticism side of it, like, you know, I, I think when you get involved in a management setup, you have to expect it nearly bar you in. And even when you win, you're going to get off the probably parents or family members of players that you didn't start or bring on in the final. And like I remember saying at home, I was involved here for years with the sevens, you know, the young lads, sevens and nines, and people might think you're doing a great job. And I was just saying to the home, I said, just when I was getting involved with the older age groups, I said, now just get ready for the criticism because you have to start dropping lads now and picking teams. And I said to, to, to them at home, just don't take it personally. Like, you know, you can't. And that would have been the, the advice I would have, um, you know, received off people that when people are mad with you over a team, they mightn't be mad with, with you personally. Like, you know, don't take it personally. It's usually someone belonging to them is hurt by it, whether it's their own child or whether it's their own brother or family member or friend that's after being dropped or not picked or maybe you weren't getting on with so I think when you're involved, first of all, in the management setup, you cannot take it personally. Even though it might sound personal and it might come out personal at the time, I think when the dust settles down and maybe you aren't involved with that team anymore or in a few years' time, you're all friends again, you know. So that would be the first thing I said. The second thing um, is how he, how has he done? Yeah, with the, with with the view to next year, like is your sense he warrants, yeah, you know what, that last game, that win, go again next year. Did you see enough? from Waterford under Davy. Well, what I would see is that Waterford asked him to come back. So whoever was trusted with the decision-making of doing that decided that was a good idea to ask Davy Fitz to come back. So I think you absolutely deserve two years, no matter how he has done this year, bar he's, you know, not putting in the effort. Mm. We all know what Davy he put in a million percent. Might, before the clock really comes against us, get your thoughts on... Leinster, we had Kilkenny beaten by Wexford, 4.23 to 5.18. So extraordinary kind of get out of jail moment from Wexford. And then Galway drew with Dublin. I saw James Scal uh, last night on the Hurling Pod. He was saying the first half was about as go- as bad as Galway had uh, played yeah. in, in recent times. So the bottom line is we have a Galway-Kilkenny final and we have Wexford plucking things out of the fire. Yeah, and I think it was a fierce mischance for Dublin, Joe. Um, they had a great chance of getting to Leinster final. Um, you go back to the, you know, Alex Ferguson and Manchester United when they were winning titles. They might be out of race for the Premier League. Suddenly they make a big thing out win the Carabao Cup or win the FA Cup or win the Charity Shield. Every cup they win was, was huge to them. And that's what he, he bred into his team. Winning trophies is kind of addictive and people learn to love winning and they'll stay striving to train harder and harder. And it was a massive chance for, for, for Dublin to get to a Leinster final and win a trophy. And um, they'll be savagely disappointed, I think. You know, they were 12 points up against Galway playing poorly and they were getting a lot of luck on the day, you know. It seemed like one of those days. 
but fair play to, to Galway. Um, I said to the fellow beside me at the time when they went probably 10 points down, I said, this Galway team, since Jefflin came on board, they don't give up. That no matter what happens, they always seem to be a puck of a ball in it near the end. And they did that in last year's All-Ireland semi-final against Limerick. Limerick looked like they were going to strive on and, and win, win with the match be five or ten points. But they brought it back down to a, a puck of a ball again. So got, this Galway team has character, and you get that from training and training hard and probably picking a team on training. So Galway, definitely, I think that, that will stand to them. As for Blow in Wexford Park, was just a magical occasion, I'd say, for all involved. Yeah, it wasn't anywhere to be seen, unfortunately. It wasn't on GAA Go, it wasn't on TV. So um, we're working off reports. On the Leinster final, people, uh, I'm sure, remember end of April, we had the draw between Kilkenny and Galway. Galway with a last-minute point. Uh, Declan McLaughlin off the bench to level things up. So there's really not much here between Kilkenny and Galway. Would you have a strong sense either way how that final's going to go? And, and like, how important is it? Well, it's very important because you get straight through to an All-Ireland semi-final. If not, you're, you'll probably end up, say, you'll probably end up playing, the, maybe the, if you lose that, you'll probably end up, if you come through, playing the winners of the Munster final, like, you know, so, no, it's, I think it's very important to win it because you go straight through into an All-Ireland semi-final and you watch everybody else probably take lumps out of each other in the previous round. So I think it's very important. But I think Kenny suffered a few injuries. Massey Keown went off injured. Adrian Mullen went off injured with a bad injury to all accounts. And so did Mikey Butler. I'm not sure the extent of the injuries to Mikey and Massey, but they're three big injuries. Like, you know, you have Adrian Mullen in the form of his life and then Massey is probably at the peak of his powers as well in the full forward line. And Mikey Butler is the best man marker, you know, that we have. So I think them three injuries and how, they, how we recover from them could tell a lot coming into that Leinster final and, I, I spoke a few minutes ago about titles, Dublin winning titles. Like even Jose Marino go back. They won the Europa Conference last year. They're now back in the Europa League final this year. Like winning titles means everything. It doesn't matter what it is, and I think it'll be important for Sheffield to try and bring a, a title back to Galway as well. So yeah, um, Galway haven't won Leinster in about uh, is it four years now, and obviously you have a new manager in Kilkenny. So two young managers eager to get silverware. You've mentioned the um, the caveat or the um, the carrot rather of of dodging some tough games for the winner so yeah. this should be a really good occasion it'll be full-blooded Oh yeah it'll be fantastic because like you know when you have young teams in the Galway they're wondering how good are they mm. and they're all following they're, you know they have great faith in, 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 in what they're doing because in fairness you, you love when you bring on young players he brought them on against Kenny in, in the White Heater battle down in Olin Park and it was those young players that came on Conor Whelan went off Conor Cooney went off two stars that you would probably depend on in the final few months he's not afraid to bring him off and bring on the young fellas and that always gives enthusiasm and energy to a crowd when they see good young players coming in and that's what this Galway team have and they'll be going in with the low expectations Joe have performed so poorly against Dublin in, in that first half that there won't be major pressure on probably either team so listen Co Park is, is probably a funny one in regards to an occasion like I've been at so many Munster Championship games now since since retiring and Leinster Championship and, and playing in them as well. Very hard to create a huge atmosphere, yeah. as you know, in Co Park. So it won't be that hell for leather type atmosphere that you see below, whether it's in Turles or in Parky Creeve, or they'll sell it out. Like in the Gaelic Grounds, the weekend you had 41,000. Yeah. The place was absolutely humming. You bring 41,000 to, to Co Park, you know, the atmosphere is still only. Okay, but listen, that's the so you won't have that. So, so, but we, I would expect a, a brilliant game. It sounds like you'd take it out of Crow Park, would you? I wouldn't. Um, 
for atmosphere would be amazing but just, it was only when you retire then you appreciate how great it is to play up there like it's that's the dream since you're four years of age you see the ads on the on the television like remember the young fella rolling around the bed changing positions in the bed dreaming of being an ass or dreaming of playing in Crow Park like that's the dream like you look at the Joe McDonough Cup final the weekend right the crowd was very small at it mm. but the scenes were just amazing like to win a match in Crow Park um, is just out of this world you only get so many times to play in it and to play there is, is part of the dream I remember in the club when we won the all Ireland semi-final, the intermediates, like, it was just the greatest thing knowing that players that weren't used to playing it and families were going to go up and experience the Crow Park occasion, the Crow, Crow Park atmosphere, just the feeling of history. Like, you know, Christy Ring, Jimmy Doyle, Nick Mackey, all the greats that lorded that place and you're going to be part of that now. So for that reason, no, I wouldn't take it out because I'd forsake the, <laughs> the atmosphere that for that. Fair enough. Well, listen, we'll chat to you about that game in advance of it in due course. Tommy, thanks, Mill. Cheers. Great. Thanks, Joe. All right. Tommy Welch with us on the line. And our hurling coverage again is with thanks to Board Gosh Energy. They've uh, teamed up with Off the Ball to uncover stories highlighting the positive impact hurling has had on people's lives. For full competition details, you can visit Board Gosh energy.ie forward slash home forward slash BGE hyphen GEA. So check that out.